We are so excited that this latest message from Truth Movement Church can meet you where you are today. This message from TMC will help you to apply the truth of God's word to your everyday life. It's practical and powerful. Enjoy his word. I believe this is what the Lord has for us. So if you don't mind, let's turn to the book of Mark, chapter 5, verse 21, the NIV version. We got a lot of scripture today, y'all. So turn your phone off like three-minute shutdown. You know how your phone turns off in three minutes? Turn that off because we're going to read a lot of scripture today. Mark, chapter 5, verse 21, NIV. Mark, chapter 5, verse 21, NIV version. When you have it, say, I got it. Oh, look at y'all. All fast and stuff today. All right, I'll read for you. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. I'm going to read that verse again. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came and when, excuse me, came and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. Our large crowd followed impressed around him. Stay right there. Um, Our topic for discussion today uh, is move the crowd. Say that with me, move the crowd. I believe that if we want to turn down the noise, we've got to be able to move the crowd. Um, And this is a question, not a rhetorical question. I wanted you to raise your hand. Have you ever felt overloaded in your mind? Raise your hand high if you've ever felt overloaded in your mind. With with everything that you're responsible for, um, all of the demands placed on you, uh, with all of the expectations that people have, of you, um, and then you add the element of what we're dealing with in our world as of today, um, I believe that we oftentimes get crowded in our minds. I've come to learn that we all have a crowd. Um, Jesus even had a crowd, and we're going to use his literal crowd to kind of talk about our internal crowd. Um, but I think if you, you look at life, Um, all of us deal with some sort of crowd. Our faces may be different, the situations may be different, the circumstances may be different, but all of us have a crowd at times in our mind. And and, and I wrote down a definition for you to have this. Um, Crowd means this, all of the things that we deal with externally that overwhelm us and create angst internally that make it difficult for us to function. say that again. All of the things we deal with externally that overwhelm us and create angst internally that make it difficult for us to function. Now, as you read through the Gospels, um, you will find that Jesus was always dealing with or trying to manage uh, his crowd. 
I'm not going to say it was a problem for Jesus because Jesus doesn't have problems, right? Um, but I will say that it was a thing, right? I mean, like Jesus don't have a problem or issues that he got to overcome. It was just a thing. You would always find Jesus trying to manage this crowd that surrounded him. And, and, and sometimes you would even see Jesus escape the crowd. This crowd once in, in Mark chapter four, verse one, got so large around Jesus that it forced Jesus to step out on a boat and sit on the lake in order for him to teach his crowd. Um, in, in Mark 4, 36, Jesus tells his disciples, let us cross over to the other side. And Jesus for once leaves his crowd behind. That lets me know that Jesus needed an escape. <laughs> Jesus escapes his crowd and he gets back and he's met by the same crowd that he left. Jesus was always trying to manage his crowd and, and, and trying to make sure that he, he, he kept control of his crowd. But what I want you to understand today and what we're going to talk about is we can, we can try to manage our crowd. We can try to make sure that we do everything to our crowd to keep it controlled. But the only way that you get real peace is if you move the crowd. Okay. Let's go back to verse 21. <clears throat> when Jesus had again crossed over by a boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, came and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. Point number one is this, urgent presentation. Say that with me, urgent presentation. I heard two people that said it again, urgent presentation. Now, out of this entire crowd that came to see Jesus, that needed something from Jesus, how is it that Jairus walks up after the fact and he is able to get the full attention of Jesus? Keep in mind, Jesus gets off the boat and he's met by a crowd of people. And then the text says that a synagogue leader walks up after the fact and he's able to get the full attention of Jesus. He says, my daughter is getting ready to die and I need for you, Jesus, because I know that you can to come put your hand on her and heal her. And Jesus goes with him. That's what the text says. So now a few things played in my mind, and I said to myself, well, why would Jesus go with Jairus like that? I mean, there was a ton of people in this crowd that needed attention from Jesus. This was Jesus' crowd. They were waiting on Jesus. So I processed a few different things. First of all, Jesus did not need to go to Jairus' house in order to heal his daughter. Okay, let's look at two reasons. First of all, he did not need to rush to, her, to his house to keep her from dying because we know that Jesus can raise the dead. He did not need to go to Jairus' house in order to, to, to heal his daughter and put hands on his daughter to heal her because he could heal by a word. So it perplexed me as to why Jesus would just all of a sudden drop everything in this crowd and say, okay, Jairus, I'm going to your house. You know what it was? And this is the only thing I could deduce it down to, his urgent presentation. He presented Jesus in such a fashion that it spoke to the humanity of Jesus, not the deity of Jesus, but the humanity of Jesus. How often is it that you're presented with an urgent situation and you run after it versus dealing with what's most important? 
His issue wasn't any greater or bigger than anybody else's there. But he made the right presentation at the right time, and he gave urgency to Jesus, and Jesus drops everything that he's doing to go to Jairus' house. How often do you just run after things that present themselves as urgent? It's not the most important. It just presents itself as the most urgent. Watch this. You could be in a very important conversation face-to-face with someone talking to them. And this this could be a life-and-death situation. Let your phone go off in your pocket. You could be having a conversation for life and death. If someone dings you or you get a notification from one of your social media platforms, hold on one second, let me get that. Because a ding means urgent. <laughs> Listen to me. If we want to turn down the noise, we have to stop chasing what presents itself as an urgent situation and make sure that we only follow after the most important situations. The the, the text says that he came and and fell down before Jesus and said, listen, I've got an urgent situation. you got to come to my house. So Jesus went with him. How often do you just go off with things and, and put out fires behind things simply because it presented itself in a certain fashion? Our minds are filled with so many different things that we just jump from thought to thought to thought to thought because all of a sudden it gets to the top of our list. What I want you to start doing is to make sure that you only seek after and work on what's most important. Okay. It's quiet. Let's go to verse 22. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. Point number two is ignore the press. Shout ignore the press. Jesus gives his attention. He chooses to give his attention to Jairus for whatever reason. This is what I'm focusing on. This is where I'm going. And just because Jesus determined that he was going to focus on one thing, didn't stop every other thing from pressing him. Oh, gosh, the problem with our crowd, the crowd that's in our minds, the things that, 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 that distract us and keep us, everything has a commentary. You see, I could imagine as this crowd was following Jesus, everybody was yelling out the importance of their issue. Oh, gosh, y'all. It was, it was just everything was trying to vie for the attention of Jesus. But watch this how cool Jesus is and how smooth he is. He did not react to the commentary. He continued to focus on what he determined was important for him in that moment. What the commentary does to us is it makes us feel guilty about what we chose to focus on. I have this, uh, I, I don't know why I tell you my business because y'all might be judging me and stuff, but I'm going to tell you anyway. We've been in our house now, I don't know, we built it 12 years ago, something like that, whatever. And when everything was new, it was dope. It was, I loved it. It was amazing. <laughs> but as we stayed in the house, and I've been trying to get my wife to get out, I'm like, babe, let's just leave, and she won't leave. But as the house gets older, things start to settle, and, and you know, things start making noise. So I've got this one tile in my, in my kitchen. 
that seems, I don't, it, it's hollow or something like that. I don't know what it is, but I know it's there. And what's funny, it only makes a noise when I determine that I'm going to sit on this couch and just relax. I'm going to sit down here and I'm going to have a good time with my family. And it just seems like every time I determine that I'm going to sit down and relax, somebody steps on that towel and it makes a noise. Listen to me. This is the game that the enemy will play with you. He will make you feel guilty about choosing one thing. But he'll try to distract you with many things. He wants your mind all over the place so that you don't throw yourself at this one thing and complete it. What I'm trying to get you to understand is that you can't get caught up by the press. Just because you said, yes, I'm going to take this on, and yes, I'm going to do this, and yes, I'm going to focus on it, it does not stop the pressure that you feel from everything else. But you got to, oh gosh, you got to learn from Jesus. Jesus just kept stepping. He just kept walking. I'm going to Jairus' house, and it doesn't matter what you say right now. I'm going to, because this is what I chose to do. I'm going to ignore the press. Shout ignore the press. Let's get some more. Are you getting anything? Okay. Verse 24. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in a crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, watch this now, at once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him he turned around to the crowd and asked who touched my clothes you see these people crowding against you his disciples answered and yet you ask who touched me but Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it point number three is the phrase silent pulls shout silent pulls Jesus makes his choice, says he's going to Jairus' house. He is aware of what's going on around him, and he determines that he's not going to be distracted by the press. As he's walking, Jesus is stopped dead in his tracks. And he he turns around in in bewilderment, and he kind of looks, and he says, listen, somebody just touched me. And the disciples are bugging out because, like, Jesus, don't you see? All of these people crowding you and touching you, how can you tell us that one person, no, 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 Jesus says this one was different. This one pulled something from me. It it, it took some of my power from me. It took virtue from me. And and what's what's interesting about this is that the woman had no voice. She didn't say a word. She was a little different than everything else in the crowd. And sometimes, listen to me now, sometimes in your mind, there are things that pull from you that don't necessarily say anything. It just pulls on you. It takes away from your ability to be who you know you can be. Whenever I have, whenever we have this conversation, I just feel exhausted. 
whenever I start to think about this, I, I, I just got to take a break. There are things that you deal with. There are thoughts that you have that just silently pull on your ability to be your best you. Jesus says, listen to what he says. He says, someone pulled power from me. Now, let's, let's connect these dots. The power is what made Jesus extremely valuable. Oh, gosh, y'all. He says, listen, the thing that makes me valuable, somebody just took some of that from me. There are things and, and things that you deal with that just take value from you, that makes you who, who you are, that makes you valuable to those around you. There are thoughts and feelings and emotions that you just fight and grapple with all the time that just continually pull from you. But I love what Jesus does. He says, listen, something is pulling something from me, and I need to figure out who it is. I'm not taking another step until I figure out what that thing is. So you better speak up because I got to figure out what's taken from me. Listen, Jesus does not move until she speaks up. It is me. Watch this now. You have to make sure that you figure within yourself and find out within yourself those issues and problems that you deal with that just make you tired. You don't talk to people about them, but when you start to think, I'm talking about on your way from work or on your way to work or wherever you're going, and you start, I just can't think about that anymore. That's too big for me to think about. Be because these things pull from your ability to function. They pull from who you are. They, they pull from the well that you have that make you who you are to the people that you love. And if you are de depleting that well, oh gosh, okay. It's not like one or two people understand what I'm saying. Let's go to 35. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus. The synagogue leader, your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Point number four, phrases this, only, only the pertinent. Shout only. Only. The pertinent. Now, I want you to, 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 to work with me on this. This is where the shift takes place. Right here. Verse 37. Let's go back and look at it. It says, he did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. This is where, watch this now, this is where Jesus starts to move the crowd. Before, he was ignoring the crowd. <laughs> he, you know, he, he just put up with it. But now, he says, I'm going to move the crowd. So listen, he, he said, okay, I'm going to Jairus' house, and now I have to function in my purpose. Watch this now. I got to function in my purpose, and all y'all can't go. Only, the, only those that are pertinent to the situation at hand can go. So Peter, James, and John, and everybody else has to stay because I'm getting ready to go function in my purpose. Listen to me now. We're talking about people, but I'm talking about thoughts. All y'all thoughts can't go. 
You can't go. Watch this. I'm home now. I'm a husband. I'm, I'm home now. And it's time for me to function as a husband. But I'm still having thoughts about work. Okay. I, I'm, 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 I'm a wife. And it's time for me to function as a wife. But I'm still having thoughts about being a mom. I'll let that work on you. By the time you get home, you'll figure that one out. I was cre- on Sunday morning. I'm created for worship, but I'm having thoughts about the Super Bowl. Do you see what I'm? Do you see what I'm getting at? Jesus says, "Listen, I have to go function now, and there's only a handful of you that can go. If, if, if you don't agree with what I'm about to accomplish here, you cannot go. If you're going to be pulling for my attention and vying for my attention, you can't go." And he calls out three. That can go with them. We must learn to only take pertinent thoughts into precious moments. Do you know how big of a deal this was with Jairus? This was a precious moment. This this, This was a monumental moment. Jesus says, listen, everything can't go in here with me. Oh, gosh, y'all. Listen, I, I, I wish I could get, if we, if we had a, a marriage seminar or something like that, I wish I could have this conversation with married couples. I, I wasn't joking about this whole husband thing. Because now I need to be a husband. I need to be, I'm at home and I need, to be, I need to be a good dad and I need to be focused on these conversations I got to have with my children. But I'm so worried about the finances. Okay. Listen to me. We, we, we have to stop allowing thoughts that do not agree with who we are to come into the conversations that we're having in the moment. You're fighting off thoughts that dis. Oh, I'm about to give my point away. Goodness, I don't want to do it. <laughs> I was about to do it. Go to verse 38. This is the final point. Musician. Okay. <laughs> Verse 38, work with me, walk with me on this. Verse 38, when they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing aloud. He went in and said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but sleep. Verse 40, but they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kom, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this they were completely, shout completely, astonished. I thought it was interesting, and this is just not a point, but this is this preacher stuff that you have to go through when you're preparing a message. Jesus chooses three, right? Peter, James, John. Then he says, Mom and Daddy, you can go, right? Then there was Jesus, that's six. Then the little girl. How many is that? Listen, though. Jesus determines who can come. Those that are pertinent to the situation can be in the room. 
The room is your mind. If you're pertinent to this situation, you can be here. So I can have a complete thought. Yeah. So when Jesus has focused himself, he's got everything focused and everything is ready to go. He, 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 he gets to the house. There's people there wailing and crying and, and doing, just doing the most. So Jesus walks up and says, listen, what y'all, what y'all crying for? She's only asleep. And they laughed in the face of Jesus. Listen to me now. They mocked and laughed at the truth. Jesus comes in, the word, the word made flesh shows up to this situation that's dismal, that's, that's terrible right now. And the truth shows up and they laughed at it, they mocked at him. And as soon as the laugh came out, Jesus put him out. I'm, I'm going to have to, he said, get to stepping. He, he says, you, you have to go. We have to understand that when we get ourselves focused and we finally have the pertinent thoughts that should be there, any thought that sets itself up against the knowledge of God has to go. It says, after he put them out. Listen to me. I think many of us spend a lot of time, well, where did this thought come from and why am I thinking this and why do I feel like, mm -mm. Jesus showed up and once I know that you're not pertinent to this situation, get out. Listen to me. Oh, God. Because a miracle can't happen in a place of division. Oh, gosh, y'all. You see, Everything has to be aligned in my heart. Everything has to be aligned in my mind if I want the miracle to take place in me. So any thought that does not agree with the truth has to go. You see, the, oh gosh, the difficulty is though, in real time, this is, this is the situation, but the, the difficulty is that what happens in our mind and our heart is because we've agreed with the lie. We've agreed with the mocking spirit. But we learned today in worship that he's willing to tear down a lot. I, I, I don't know what your crowd looks like. I don't. But what I do know is that all of us have one. And all of us, all of us battles against it. But the only way that we gain victory over those thoughts that set themselves up against the knowledge of God, they got to go. Can I have an honest moment with you guys? I'm, I'm very protective of my mind. I am. It sounds weird, but I am. This is 1,000% of the reason why I don't go on social media. Because I don't want to feel no way about you. I want to believe that you're wholesome. I want, to believe, I want to believe everything you present to me. Listen, because I'm protective of the thoughts that go into my mind. 
I, I used to get mad at my mom when I was, I was you know, a little boy, and I would be watching TV, and they, would, they called it my, I grew up in you know, old school church. And you can't be watching that worldly TV. You, <laughs> you can't be watching that worldly thing. And I, I never understood it, but what, what, what she was trying to communicate to me was that she didn't want certain thoughts to get in my mind. I didn't know that what she, what she was getting at, but she was trying to protect my mind. Listen to me. We have this civil war taking place inside of us that we don't understand. And a lot of times we get tired of fighting ourselves. Oh, y'all. I get tired of, of trying to convince myself of the truth. Oh, I'm the only person that has to do that. I get tired of trying to convince myself that, that, that I am who God says that I am. You know, here's the way, way, way your mind works. This is just me talking. Can I keep talking to y'all? I can preach this sermon, and somebody can be blessed. By the time I get off that stage, I can tell, I'll be telling myself, you did horrible. You missed it. But the thing that I have to let myself know, if I deliver this word, God's word, that's all that I had to do. So it doesn't matter how I feel or what I think, as long as I do what he says. You see, that is your way out. That is why he gives us the word of God, so that we can follow it as our roadmap. So when we determine that we want to follow him, he gives us a roadmap that we can follow, and all I got to do is make sure that I do what he tell me to do. And if I do that, guess what? All of those thoughts have to go. So you can, you can say whatever you want, devil. Oh, you, and what's funny is that it seems like he has a microphone, doesn't it? That always disagrees with who you know God is calling you to be. He doesn't love you. He's not real. He's not going to forgive you for this. He's not going to forgive you for that. You're just like your dad. You're just like your mom. You'll never get from under, up under that, 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 that generational curse. He tells you all kinds of things. And what I'm trying to get you to see right now in this moment, any thought that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, get to stepping. Say it with me, get to stepping. Say it again, get to stepping. Listen to me. I, I want you to feel good about it. Shout, get to stepping. Get to because anything that does not agree with who God is calling you to be has to go. I don't care if your life aligns with, with, with what God is calling you to do or who he's calling you to be. As long as it's stated in his word, it is true for you. Amen? Stand to your feet. Thank you for streaming the latest message from Truth Movement Church. We pray that you found something in God's word that you can deposit into your heart for future use. To stay connected with our ministry, like us on Facebook or Instagram, or learn more about us by visiting www.truthmovementchurch.org.